Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Dangerous Minds. Brought to you by Offscript. I'm Ed Stafford, the first person to walk the length of the Amazon River. I've always been fascinated by adventure travel. But is it an addictive, somewhat selfish escape? Or could it be a powerful vessel for self-development? In this series, I'll be talking to some of the people I admire the most about why they do it, what they've learned, and what impact it has had on their lives. What does drive people to endure hardship while leaving those that they love to cope on their own at home? And is such risk-taking a reckless indulgence? Or could it be a simple crucible in which one can resolve mental health issues and help find emotional balance in life? I'm very proud to introduce Jason Fox. Many of you will know Foxy from the Channel 4 series SAS Who Dares Wins. A former Royal Marine and sergeant in the SBS, Foxy has gone on to great things. Aside from anchoring this massive television hit, Who Dares Wins, he's also rode across the Atlantic, paddled the Yukon, walked to the North Pole, and even hosted his own show entering the drugs cartel strongholds of Mexico, Colombia and Peru to reveal the brutal hidden worlds that he was once tasked with destroying. He's written two books, Battle Scars, which I've just finished reading, and his new book, Life Under Fire, How to Build Inner Strength and Thrive Under Pressure, will be published in October. But to me, his biggest role that I think he should be most proud of is not only owning his own journey through mental health problems, but evolving into a modern-day role model, an example of how men can be courageous enough to show their vulnerabilities. Ladies and gents, Jason Fox. Foxy, hello, mate. <laughs> Hi, mate. That was a that was a big big up. Thanks. Yeah, it's just the first <laughs> introduction I've ever written, mate. So, oh, no, mate, it was <laughs> so, awesome. So I went to town on it. <laughs> um, obviously, we're recording this remotely uh, for the sake of the listeners, but um, we have met once, haven't we, at Aldo Kane's wedding? That's right. Yeah. And obviously, we've also chatted on your podcast as well. Um, just to give the listeners a bit of a background. You're very used to spending lots of time on a plane, mate. Um, can you describe the Fox household at the moment during lockdown? How are you guys coping? Uh, coping very well, actually. I mean, obviously, I miss the travel. I mean, I, am a, I get itchy feet even when I am travelling. <laughs> so it's been odd, but I've just made myself busy with lots of other things. The house is being rearranged a thousand times and now looks nothing like it did before lockdown. For the better, obviously, I do. I do. I know. I've been busy, and I've just mentioned that before we started. And um, but I do still seem to be a little bit more mindful at the moment because I'm not running. Because I'm the travel's gone, so there is parts of the day where I can sort of sit and enjoy the silence to a degree. Yeah. Bit of reading and that, but yeah, I'm, it's been all right. I mean, I'm pretty similar, I suppose. I've, I found it sort of a double-edged sword, really. In in one respect. I love the family time, you know, the privilege of just mm. being able to spend all this amazing time with family and stuff like that. But I have, obviously, the TV industry has been a bit rocked by this, hasn't it? And um, mm. so I found myself um, almost in this sort of hypervigilance mode and like go to sleep at night and, and I'm awake till about four in the morning. Um, but um, I was just wondering whether 
whether you've experienced sort of any similar sort of strains with the uncertainty of it all, and, and if so, how you deal with it? I am, I'm sort of like, I'm keen to see what the landscape looks like after it settles, yeah. the dust. And then I'm wondering what it's going to look like. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm sort of waiting to be reactive, I suppose. Right. I'm always optimistic that things that were put on hold will come back as long as, you know, financially it's it's viable. So I mean, I mean, I'm sort of in that headspace where I'm just remaining optimistic because we're in this sort of weird void at the moment, aren't we? Yeah. What are your earliest memories of adventure, mate? I suppose my my dad was uh, really good at um, getting us kids, with me and my brothers, to you know engage with the outdoors. So we right. didn't travel a lot. We didn't go abroad. At my earliest um, memories are probably holidays to Cornwall or Scotland, and then we would get involved. My old, my old man used to be in the Marines and. Yep. He used to he used to give us like navigation lectures before we deployed, <laughs> right. and then he'd, and then he'd, we'd go out for long walks and he'd test our map reading skills and then we'd have to build. We always used to have to do a a holiday scrapbook and there had to be like detailed route cards and all sorts of rubbish in there. But it was quite yeah. We had a good outdoor sort of upbringing. And do you think it was therefore that that gave you the drive to? joined the Royal Marines obviously you joined at 16 which is quite a young age isn't it um yeah was it was it because of those holidays or because your old man was in the in the forces probably a bit of those two things and then also a lot of the fact that I was absolutely garbage at school academically <laughs> I was just you know I had, a, I had a few different ideas of what I was going to do and then when I realized at the end of the GCSEs that I'd asked I'd like massively flopped I was oh. like right okay I'm joining the military <laughs> Yeah, that's not to say that all people in the military are thick, but I was at that point in my life. <laughs> Mate, at least you got in the Royal Marines. I failed to get in the Royal Marines. <laughs> Mate, I finished Battle Scars yesterday, um, and it's a really, really powerful book. I'm, I'm glad. I, I'm so glad I read it because it put me in so much of a better position. Well, actually, it was annoying because I had about a hundred questions that I want to ask you um, after it, but I've got to slim them down a bit. But um, in it, you say, "I like being scared. It makes me feel alive." Um, can you explain that? Um, let's explain it. I tell you what, me and Aldo had this thing where we we, called, we we factored fun into two categories: type one and type two. And people might have heard him talk about it, or I might have mentioned it once right. before. But um, type one is like going out on the lash with the lads and having a laugh, and it's all quite superficial. You remember it quickly; it's there, a quick hit. But it doesn't forge who you are, and you d- yeah. and, and you never really remember it going down the line. But then the type two stuff is the stuff that is actually deemed to be scary or exhilarating or challenging, and it's things like you know I would guess that Am- the Amazon walking that was what I'd call type two fun, <laughs> to the point where where you're doing it and you're like, this is horrendous. I'm hanging out here, you know. I'm, I'm you know my feet are falling apart, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then. As soon as you finish, there's a massive sense of achievement, first of all. There's a lot of emotion. And then maybe a week later, you're like, ah, oh, that's quite a cool thing, actually. And then, like, a year later, you're like, ah, that was awesome. Do you remember? <laughs> that was so much fun. And, you, yeah. and when you look back on it, you're like, hang on a minute. If you, if you put yourself back to when you were in it, you're like, that. how can I ever, ever say that that was fun? But it is fun, and it's, and it's the things like that that make you feel alive and I think that's why I like scaring myself and putting myself into those positions yeah 
So it's almost a, it's almost a personal development thing, isn't it? It's like these yeah. are the, these are the parts in life where you know that because you're being challenged, you're having to think so much faster and th- come up with solutions to problems and stuff like that. And therefore, you're getting wiser. You're getting you're, you're becoming a sort mm. of better version of yourself, I suppose. Um, yeah. Do you remember any specific um, operations? When you obviously when you're in the forces um, that made you think um, I can't do this anymore. I need to get out. No, there was a turning point. I didn't know it was a turning point at the time, but it's in the book, and it's where I was in a ditch, and fear obviously was there. I'm in the middle of a bloody gunfight, but yeah. it was the first time it ever sort of took hold in my head and manifested in it in the way that it did. Whereas where I wanted to basically be a be a 10 year old boy again back home with my mum now I, I got rid of that you know I, I, I dealt with it sort of acknowledged it and then cracked on but it was then that was probably the start of when things started to fall apart and it wasn't that I didn't want to be on an operation and I, or I thought oh god get me out of here my mood towards the military just changed and I got I became bored of right. the military weirdly and 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 that was that was probably the more disturbing thing for me was the fact that I I couldn't be bothered. I'd lost my mojo for it. Yeah, it was. It wasn't that suddenly you thought I can't do this anymore. It was that it was just a waning interest. Yeah, a waning interest, and I think I uh, maybe there was some there were moments where I was starting to realise how fragile we are as a as a human being. You know, yeah. there was you know over a period of time of doing going away and doing operations. I was. You know, if I think back to the beginning of me doing that, I thought I was invincible. Yeah. And then as you get through and you've been involved in lots of different things, you get through to the to sort of the, like the the final parts, my twilight part of the military career, and I was starting to be a bit like, bloody hell, you know, um, are we going to get out of some of these situations or am I going to get injured? Whereas I, I never used to think like that in the beginning. But I, was, I don't know, I, just, I think I just realised our fragility. Do you think that's growing, just growing up, getting older? That you know, yeah, all of us think, when we when we're young, we just take risks, don't we? Don't I mean, my little yeah. boy jumps off things all the time, and <laughs> crikey, if I wasn't there half the time, he would be dead. Um, I think we we the older you get, you become wiser, and you know a little bit more about stuff that's going on. I think we become more calculated, yeah. as in you know the risks. You know, it's. <laughs> Instead of going headstrong into something, I'll probably spend a bit more time looking at what I need to do to to mitigate the risk that is involved. I do, I do that now on all the stuff that I do now, you know, as I'm yeah. sure you do. Right. Okay. Slightly lighter. Um, what's what's the most ridiculous situation that you found yourself in while you've been overseas? Um, I mean, on the Yukon was interesting. We got we we were sort of like semi unprepared and got chased by a grizzly. Did and, you? Um, yeah, and uh, we we looked ridiculous because we were too like Sean, who I was with, was an ex ex marine, a good friend of mine, and he'd done loads of expeditions before. He he's, he loves doing rivers, yeah. paddling, yeah, and he was my inspiration to do Yukon, and we'd sort of like we were well versed in you know this is way down into the expedition now. We we, we were like experienced in what we were doing apparently and we sort of like took our eye off the ball and the next thing you know we had kit everywhere there was a grizzly coming down on our position and we we were screaming like eight-year-old girls and like <laughs> literally how there is did you have a shotgun no 
we had we had bear spray and it looked like all that looks like is a can of links and i wasn't <laughs> convinced and i remember the remember the um the ranger advice you know when you go out to those places is you know if you, if you have a bear encounter stand tall stand big and don't run and i'll tell you what that just went completely out the window we were sort of half naked kit lying all over the place and we were running we were running. right mate i mean obviously that is putting yourself at risk obviously uh, paddling down the river is dangerous enough but obviously bear territory as well um you're a dad now has your attitude to taking risks and exposing yourself i suppose deliberately to danger and your family to danger um changed over time yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah but um, you, i mean you had kids while you did that for example Lou. yeah i did um but we we were very we it is yeah it's an interesting one that isn't it it's like why why'd you do it when all that but then that's just the person i am and mm. that's the person we are and a lot of it is it actually helps you get through because when when things do get a bit sticky it's knowing that you've got that responsibility to people that gets you to focus on what needs to be done to get you out of those situations or mm. or to sort of you know it focuses in on you know what you need to do so when things have been sticky it is that is a big driving force for me so but with that said I do think about the risk a lot more now than I did prior to being in that position yeah yeah me too I mean I, I automatic reaction is to wrap all the people that you love in cotton wool isn't it and um, mm. batten down the hatches and then I, I just thought to myself like I owe so much in life to taking risks that I can't just mm. become this boring character now really no. it doesn't yeah. it wouldn't be to being true to myself um so mate I mean what was what was your family's attitude towards risk when you grew up were they were they risk takers did you feel like you were encouraged in that direction yeah I do actually my dad he was keen for us to get out there and get get dirty he was actually quite good at risk mitigating so I remember we used to we went up to um we, we used to go to Cornwall quite a bit and we went used to go to do the coastal path walks and what he used to do he used to get a length for a rope tie it around himself and then he'd have two bits coming off one to me and one to my brother and there was about right. you know 30 yards of you know play on it so we were just running yeah. around like crazy dogs and if we got anywhere near <laughs> to something he'd pull us back which always worried me because I was like oh, well what if you fall off the, the edge of the cliff <laughs> we're, we're, we're all going both your boys with you <laughs> yeah so he was he sort of like encouraged it but he then he did look out for us a little bit but I if, if I'm honest as a kid I was I was the less courageous one out of me and my brother, Matt. He was full on falling out of trees big time. I'd be a bit more like, whoa, hang on a minute. One thing that I don't think many people outside the military really understand is um, is the inability for you and your colleagues in the brotherhood, as you call it, to um, to talk about their emotions. Can you explain why that is the case and um, paint a little picture as to... Um, why that made it hard for you to actually voice that you were having problems initially? I think, I'd like to think it's changed, and I think it has changed mm. over the last, I don't know, say, eight, ten years. But for some reason, it was just something that was never spoken about. It's weird to think that you go through, as a recruit joining the military, you go through all that training, and you're basically being taught to engage in extreme violence, mm. really. Yeah. And yet no one talks about how it might make you feel. And because of that, because it's not even broached at an early stage, you just don't talk about it. And it's this age-old adage that you just... 
don't, it's not even there. It's like you don't talk about it. And, I, and, and so when things were starting to get on top of me, I was like, I can't talk about this. They'd just started really, well, maybe not just started, but it was starting to gain traction that there's people within the unit that you can go and talk to, like Sykes and what have you. But you're like, what's going to happen to my career? Mm. What, you know, am I going to be on hold now for this? Or, you know, yeah. you know, this is, even though I said that I was bored, not bored of the job, but I'd lost my drive for it. I still loved it. I still loved the guys around me and everything like that. But it's just, you just don't, you just, it wasn't encouraged to talk about it. You might, there might be the odd joke or, or anything like that about you know, old matey boys, having a yeah. bit of a bit of a bit of a mare but other than that it's and, and and also when i was in the military i'm not sure whether it's the same now but there is a big big alcohol culture there mm. so it was really really easy to sort of like mask a lot of stuff with going out and 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 shying away from certain things yeah well obviously same as when i was in um mm. i you can see why that happens you can see why i mean let's face it nobody wants to be let down by the people that they're going into battle alongside do they so you can see why people don't want to acknowledge if they're if they're struggling mentally i suppose but do you think things are different now because like it struck me that you've got your sort of stereotypical tough guy soldiers who don't talk about their emotions and not just because they're trying to look tough but because they don't want anyone else to doubt them in terms of their capabilities but Mm. but obviously they're hiding part of themselves aren't they they're um, yeah they're hiding their emotions which is a bit of them so they're almost you could say they're being a bit dishonest with their colleagues that they're going into battle with because they're keeping certain bits from it do you think do you think there's a case for i mean i, I don't I, I don't know because i've not been in the forces for 20 years but um do you think there is a case for for a far more emotionally sort of open open relationship between guys i i think so i think it, it i think it is going that way yeah there's still a long way to go. I think, you know, there'll always be a long way to go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Humans are, we're a complex beast and we're all individuals. So it depends, again, you know, I could talk about my experience and it, and the guy that was stood next to me for every single thing that I did, he would feel completely differently about how things went because we're just different people. Yeah. So it is all individual, but yeah. I, f- I think there should be a culture where it's, voice that you can you can still be a tough bloke you know if we're talking about men's mental health you know you're not going to lose any of that sort of grit that you're sort of like tarred with but you know it's it's well worth talking about things earlier rather than later because you never know how you might react so if you if you feel in a certain way let's get let's get it done and you'll become a more rounded individual because you'll understand your emotions better and you can probably be actually more operationally effective If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. In the SES, you were um, diagnosed, I think officially, as having PTSD, mild depression and chronic burnout. Um, 
and in your initial chat with the psychologist he said um, what you've experienced has caused issues Mr Fox apparently <laughs> so leaving the bro- brotherhood was obviously a bit of an embarrassment um, and a massive event in your life but how, how do you go about picking yourself up from that and, and in terms of really constructive things that potentially other people could, could do as well um, the main tool really was me being honest with myself because before when I went to the um, the psych professionals when I was in the military even though I'd made that step I was still bullshitting myself I still wasn't really admitting that there was an issue to be dealt with I was just going through the motions hoping that that would fix something that I didn't understand so I could crack on again Mm-hmm. so that's why it unraveled even more when I came out because I was still lying to myself and it was essentially you know having that moment stood on top of a cliff having a major meltdown contemplating what my next step was was yep. that was the moment when I was actually being brutally honest to myself it was like when I had my actual little man chat where I was like what the f- you know what are you doing you mm-hmm. need to either do what you think you're going to do or you walk away and you make some serious changes and, and start being positive so that was the pivotal point of me fixing, but a lot of it was down to um, a couple of people that I was involved with at the time, and, and still I am actually. And that was Malcolm, who's a he's um, a co- a life coach and a, and a psychotherapist called uh, Alex. Um, she turned me into a very mindful person. We used to go for walks in the woods down near Dartmouth and sort of talk about things, but it was through that that I became a lot more present I went back to being like you are when you're a youngster or when I was in my early stages of my military career when I was a little bit more not worrying about what hasn't happened not really worrying what about you know the past and Mm. living in the now but also but what has happened is I've become a lot more aware of my emotions you know it's not that I've stopped having the the traits that people see as weaknesses I do but I just acknowledge them a bit more and, and I'm aware of when they start to creep into my my mind. Yeah, so a, a much greater self-awareness then, definitely now. Um, do you still meditate or um, do you not actively have a like practice of like... I don't, it's not like I'm like, right, 20 minutes a day I'm going to go and meditate. Mm. I just, as and when is necessary, I'll be mindful. I don't like to call it because like, if you say meditation, people think you sit in the lotus position. And for me, I'd, I'd, I think my mindfulness is either sat on the end of the bed sat on the sofa with a cup of tea okay just thinking about you know how i'm feeling yeah. if 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 it's relevant if if things are good to go and i don't need to check in at that moment in time then i'm i'll, I'll crack on so I'm, i've got a flexible mindset with regard to that you know i'm not going to let it govern my my day you yeah. know how it looks but if it needs doing it will be done that's interesting, yeah. So I haven't haven't had the same degree of mental health um, struggles as you, but I have definitely struggled. I've had what I would describe as a sort of mini breakdown. Um, and um, I find now, if I don't um, if I don't maintain, I do meditate only about ten fifteen minutes a day, use an app yeah. Headspace. But if I don't actively do that, like after a couple of weeks, I'm just like, why is life starting to get harder? And um, do you have anything like that? That if you don't yeah. keep it up, then then you you start going slightly off the rails yeah so if i've if i've not done that i i can i'll start feeling myself i'll get fuzzy head or i'm finding it difficult to concentrate or you know i'm in the house and i'm like ah sort of feel sort of naggy or narky yeah 
then I'm like, oh, hang on a minute. I need to either, you know, get out, go for a walk, sit down and just think about what's going on and then start sorting my head out, like rearranging it, neatening it up and then I can crack on again. But yeah, sometimes you can, you can sometimes forget because of the, the hecticness of life, can't you, to sort of check in. Yeah, definitely. It's easily done. But um, yeah, I have to invariably. You think oh, everything's fine at the moment, isn't it? So I don't need yeah. to do it. And then, and then that's that's the beginning of the rot setting in. Um, would you trust yourself in battle today? Yeah. 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 I would. Yeah. I thought that would be. I think. Yes. I, think I think. I think I've learned a lot. I think there was a there was a period actually when I think I became reckless. Mm. Um. I'm not saying that it was like, there was like some serious reckless acts, but I felt reckless within my mind. Whereas now I'd, I'd like I'd like to think having a I mean obviously physically wise the young lads would be running rings around me, but you know psychologically I think I'm a lot more understanding of how I need to do things because I've because I'm just older. Yeah, yeah, and you've been through more and yeah more experience yeah. I suppose yeah. Um, okay, moving on from from military stuff. Um, you now obviously work in TV, and and that's why we're speaking. Really, um, you must find that mundane in comparison to um, you know being on operations in in arid deserts in remote places. No, no, I'm no? quite. I, I think you know when I left the military, I felt really lost, and I, I I felt like I wasn't belonging to anything, and I didn't think I'd ever find that sort of feeling of belonging. Yeah. And then actually it was it was actually getting into the TV world that although people in, you know, mainly people in media are, 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 fun, are different to people in the military, you yeah. know, in, in, their, in, their, in their views and opinions, fundamentally they are quite similar as in like, they, you know, they, they love being busy, they're, they're, they're keen to do a really good job, they love the travel. You know they've got to have lots of things going on, and they like to you know they like to let their hair down as well. So fundamentally, they're actually not they're not dissimilar, mainly because they're human anyway. We're all, yeah. we're, all we're all pretty much the same. But it, it, I really I do really enjoy it. I do I do really enjoy it, and it's and it's obviously gives me the opportunity to do other things as well. So you know the military was a chapter. I see it's done now. There's mm. no point dwelling on it, and I'm now looking to do other other things. Hopefully. So the excitement's still there. I still fulfil myself with the uh, with adrenaline. I mean, it's good that I'm not getting shot at. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, the first time I ever knew that you even existed was watching um, was watching the series one of um, SES Who Dares Wins, and I remember I think you were beasting yourself over the Brecon Breacons. They were chasing the brute was chasing you or something like that. And you were sat in front of um, in front of the camera doing an interview, and you were looking straight down the lens. Um, and I've lastly found out from your book that that was you know the first time that you'd gone properly public with um, with your, your you know your PTSD and stuff like that. But um, I remember thinking I could see in your eyes that he's got vulnerabilities, but it didn't make me think less of you. It made me think more of you. It made me think I I can relate to him. I know what's I feel like he's a a real human being, and and um, so I suppose the question is. Do you think, but because what you've been through, including the PTSD, that you're now a more complete version of of, of the person that you were before? I'm more understanding. Yeah, definitely. I think I'll keep striving for completeness, but I'm definitely more understanding. And I, you know, I'm more understanding than when I was sat in front of that camera talking about 
where I was. The, the thing with the vulnerabilities is I think um, every, the, the thing with that mental health side of things is everyone sort of like goes through life trying to put up this facade of them being not vulnerable in any way, shape or form or trying to hide with vulnerabilities. But the moment that happened, there was like such a relief because it was like, I don't need to keep pretending anything now, you know, that's me now. Mm. That, that's that's it out there. Mm. I, I've I've suffered from that, and I hopefully will not do again. But you never know. Yeah. And and actually, it was like I'm like I don't have to I don't have to bullshit anymore. I can just like get yeah. on with it. That's that's like gone. It was it was a real weight off the shoulders that, and it was actually more. It was actually enlightening and strengthening at the same time. I I actually gained strength from the fact that I'd actually aired my dirty washing. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's lovely to hear. I mean, it, it is just simpler living a life where you're honest, isn't it? Because yeah. there's nothing to hide. You're not watching your back, and it's it, it's simple. Um, I was just thinking, because um, obviously you're an advocate for mental health, and specifically, I suppose, male mental health as well. And sometimes when I'm having a down day, I don't even want to touch my phone. I don't want to. I don't want to open it because I don't want to see the messages. Because you, you you know you feel vulnerable, and you don't really, you know, mm. you don't want to engage with the outside world. Um, and even, I think, you, I think it would be fair to say, like, all of the posts that you would do on Instagram, your, your training, or it's a sort of in, motivational post, do you think there's a space for... Do you think it's going too far to show the world the the Jason Fox that's having a wobble, or, you know, the, the Ed Stafford who's, 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 who's struggling to be nice to his wife, or, <laughs> you know? Do you see what I mean? Because we do still present quite a Instagram-filtered version of ourselves to the public, don't we? Do you not agree? We we do. Um, I suppose for myself and yourself, that's just like a it's it's almost like a marketing tool to a certain degree. As in, it it's mm. it and and it can be used. You know, it is also a, a good a way of like documenting what you get up to as well, which is quite nice. You know, I like the way it's, I actually do like Instagram the way it's set out. It's all mm. quite friendly, but I'm I'm, I'm still also. I'm ke- I'm always keen, maybe not on that, but I am keen to be like uh, allow people to know that I'm a human being and I'm still susceptible to all these things that I've been talking about with regard yeah. to fear, anxiety, yeah, whatever, whatever the emotion is, it's it, it, you know it can still happen and I, I still have arguments, I still fly off the handle, I still get stressed about things, probably normally the little things as well that I shouldn't yeah. be, but you know so. Yeah, it is. It's difficult, isn't it? it? Social media is a real tricky. It's a battlefield, isn't it? And yeah, got... it is. Because also, you don't want to be. I, I mean, I'm obviously you can tell I'm an advocate of um, of people having self awareness, going through therapy, doing the work that they need to do to be the best version of those. Because then they're in a better position to look after the people around them. I, I don't think it's navel gazing. I don't think it's selfish. I think it's really healthy to have a you know to have that interest in yourself. But. Um, how much of your dirty washing do you want to hang out in public? I think it's probably probably the balance that you've got at the moment is is right because you know you're talking about it. You and it, and it does require a bit of you know positivity is a good thing. So I think um, yeah, just to to allow people or let them know that yeah that still happens. If I need to talk about it, I'll go and talk to the people I want to talk to about it. Mm. But just let let's just think about all the good stuff that can happen because that's actually being in those those wobbly places is a good thing because it makes a good times awesome mm. do you know what I mean 
yeah, it's just the feeling all the different extremes of emotion in life, isn't it? Really, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, okay. So, outside the forces, when you look back at your life, um, what journey or expedition um, has changed you the most? Ooh, the journey with mental health has changed me the most. Yeah. Okay. Um, expedition-wise, I don't. The Atlantic row was it was defining. Yeah. It was it was tough and quite scary. Right. And that was quite a defining trip that was. Was it quite hairy at times? Yeah, we we capsized a few times and that right. that was that was worrying. I mean, the first capsize we did was very early in the morning. It was still dark. We were doing a change of shift. Aldo got out first. I shut the hatch. Gave him a little bit of time to sort himself out. So we staggered the, the sort of changeover. And then as I opened the hatch again, the bloody boat just rolled over and it in flooded the water, which was a major worry because the whole point of those hatches was to keep the, the dry compartments dry so it could not sink. Right. So I managed to shut that. And yeah, we had, we had some moments. There were some big waves out there. And um, we actually, to be fair, we had a few little niggles, but we actually, as, as five blokes, we got on all right which was i was always worried about that i was was probably the biggest worry of all of it was because we were five blokes who were really close-knit socially inseparable and i was always like are we doing the right thing as a as a gang here because we could we could be changed now we after the road don't get me wrong we, we didn't really talk to each other for a bit but that wasn't out of malice or anything it was just we needed a bit of space do you know what i mean and now we're, you know, we're still close. We've got a WhatsApp group, obviously, because everyone's on those, isn't they? But um, it goes probably one of two ways, doesn't it? I mean, my first walking partner for walking the Amazon, um, Luke Collier, who um, I've not seen him since since he left the expedition after three months, and I was meant to be best man at his wedding. Um, so it's like wow. that intensity of um, of expeditions yeah. can can cause it to all burst up and break. And obviously, yeah. he, he thought I was sufficiently an idiot to just go home um but um but equally you guys sound like you it just forged that bond yeah all right how does that make you feel it's it's probably if if i have any regrets in life that that is that is one of them because i i wasn't a um i wasn't a good friend to him i let my frustrations um of the expedition weirdly it's always money worries isn't it we didn't have enough money to do all sorts of things but it was also you know drugs traffickers and stuff like that as well um but yeah um, but well, yeah, no, I do regret it. I regret, I regret not looking after him a bit more. Actually, yeah. we, we, I mean, yeah, if I'm being honest, we, we sort of there was little spit spats of falling out in our group, but we just managed to claw it back. Thank God, you know, and, and some of it involved money, you know, because right. expeditions are they're stressful, aren't they? Mm. And I'd say some of the stress, or a lot of it, comes from the cash flow coming in to get the stuff done. Yeah. So yeah, it's understandable. It's yeah. and it, and it, I don't think anyone. It's not like anyone did anything wrong. I wouldn't say in your one. It's just it was going to be hard anyway. Yeah, very true. Yeah, I think we were we were you know young and quite naive from a from a yeah. mental perspective. Um, what is in your world? What is the most important thing to you now? Just to do things that make make me happy. Because okay. if I'm happy, then everyone else around me is happy. And to try and keep that equilibrium, you know, I'm, I'm done with, right. I'm done with unwanted chaos. But I do right. like chaos. <laughs> I do like a bit of chaos. You know, like an expedition brings chaos, doesn't it? Yes. In, in a in a nice way. 
hopefully. That's a really nice answer. Foxy, when all of this is over and lockdown ends, mm-hmm. um, where would you love to go? What's your, what's your dream for the future? Right. Um, can I have two, two answers to this? Yes. Okay. Uh, the first one would be, I, would, I really want to just do a, like a mini expedition somewhere in the UK so I can appreciate this beautiful country. That, That's a nice which, yeah. which is underappreciated. I don't know what that is yet. I quite. I would. I, I want to do it with some people as well. So if you're interested, we could go and do something. Yeah. Small. But I don't know. Something up in Scotland. Or something. Something, something like that. Yeah. Maybe. I, I, I was thinking like I wouldn't mind. Um, maybe just paddling the Severn River, doing the Severn River from Source, and then as, as soon as you can start getting a vessel into it, go and paddle it and just in a bit of camping, campfires. Where does the seven start? Starts in mid Wales somewhere and then it loops yeah. up north. Yeah, I've already had, I've, okay. that, mate, mate, I've had a look already. <laughs> and then it's like Shrewsbury way and then it cuts all the way down. But then like properly, you know, once travel eventually returns to normal, I really, really want to, I've never been to the Pacific Islands and I've got, there's something about okay. them, you know, that really draws me to it. I don't know why. Just you know, all those. There's thousands of them. I know, and I'm not being very p- specific, but something you know, somewhere around there. I've always, I've always been in, fascinated with Easter Island as well. Okay. Which is bizarre because yeah. it's pretty bare and there's nothing there, but there are big carved stone heads which like blow my mind. Nice. And my final question, Foxy mate, is um, what advice would you give um, your younger self? I've thought about that before because when I used to, after not long after I left the military, I used to see all these young lads walking about, like, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19-year-olds that obviously just joined the military. And I used to get a little bit, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to admit, I used to get a little bit sort of, not tearful, but you could, uh, smoky. Right. And I'd be like, those poor, those lads, if, I'd love to, they'd think I'm mad, but I'd love to go up to them and be like that. Lads, what you're about to... You, you, you think you're hard as, don't you? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, what you're about to do is awesome. Yeah. But don't be... Just understand one thing. You might feel X, Y or Z, but don't worry about that because that's normal and you should embrace it. I'd, I'd be more about the fact that don't be worried about how you're feeling because it is just a normal thing. Just, yeah. just be a little bit more mindful when things... It would have been nice just to say there's going to be a wobble coming. <laughs> Watch out. Don't don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah, just 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 be a bit mindful. I suppose I suppose that's it. Yeah. Nice answer. Really nice answer. Thank you very much for coming on. Appreciate it massively. Um I think I think for me the the thing to you know we live in a world where you know everyone's used to being over emotional and over sharing and stuff but the military's not like that for so for you to come out and and be the sort of role model that you've done having had that background I think is even more impressive. So um Thank you, and fingers crossed we can meet up for a beer once lockdown's all over. That'd be nice. Yeah, definitely, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Cheers, Foxy. Thank you, mate. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts and all other podcast platforms to get new episodes first thing every Monday. Selling a little 
sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.